Welcome back, my friends, to the sweet spot where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as in every week, we have my two co hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. Hey, Carlos. Yeah. So, it looked like someone is a popsicle. <laughs> I don't know what he's complaining about. <laughs> The complaint really is the two two walks a day for the dog. Like if I yeah, that to go outside, I'd be fine. But we've seen we've seen that uh, that 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 picture of your house with the big library. You, you can just let the dogs do laps in there. <laughs> That's right. Well, see, I don't <laughs> want them to go to the washroom in there or that room. That's the problem. That, Teach that them to go problem. to the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, we luckily have a dog run that that, that really helps with that. I do too, but for some reason the big dog, the ninety pound dog, like requires a walk. It's you can let him out all he wants, but the walk is what makes it happen. Ah, I see. <laughs> Lovely enough. So we're here another week. Another week. To the chat. Yeah. So interestingly enough, cold here is a little bit better. It's not that cold. <laughs> I don't have problem with that. The current, my problem is that then I want to go out a little bit more, but other people are crowding my area. Okay. Other people are coming to us here in Florida because we're a little bit more open. So I think that that's a problem that I need to solve because I want to be able to do other stuff. What is our topic for today? <laughs> just launched right in today, huh, Carlos? Just no preamble. No, no. we didn't meander at all. No transition like, at all. Straight in there. Straight, straight in. Is that you don't have a you don't have a, a place to start, Howard? I need to give you a platform. <laughs> well, Carlos, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so uh, I have been looking for months, maybe even longer on a topic that I think that Howard and I would disagree on. And I think I've discovered it. I've discovered the one topic that will think that'll bring out the passions of Howard that'll be completely against my perspective, uh, hopefully. <laughs> and I'm gonna bring it up now. So I've spent a good, I don't know, 150 hours uh, watching uh, Lost from its from its from its uh from its season one all the way to the season six finale to which i actually ended yesterday last night watched the last five episodes the two-part finale you know the big oh, oh, oh hold on dog emergency okay <laughs> We had a big dog emergency. Do we want to restart? Continue. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the dog is lost. <laughs> the dog is lost. Um, okay. So I have thoughts. Uh, I have good, bad, and indifferent thoughts. Uh, however, I think they're going to be different from Howard. So before I top it, jump into why I think this is interesting to IT, I'd love to hear... Um, Howard's perspective on the actual finale and the series in general. So 
two seasons, three seasons in something, um, after the the polar bear that they never came back to and the hole in the ground that wasn't really a thing and the black mist that wasn't really a thing, um, my wife and I were talking. She's like, you have to watch this show. It's amazing. I said, no, I don't. And she said, why not? And I said, and, I, and this, these spoilers, everybody, spoilers, 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 spoilers. It, it hasn't I said, been 12 years since the finale. So. That's true. So if you haven't seen it by now, don't. I, I got to think I'm in the minority of people. That's true. I haven't watched Lost at all. I don't have no interest in it. But, but, that's, but that's the thing. Right? You're, like the number of people, the Venn diagram of people who haven't watched Lost and people who have a desire to watch Lost doesn't have a ton of overlap. <laughs> right. right? Um, so, so she said, you have to watch it. It's fantastic. I said, no, it's not. It's stupid. And that kind of is my standard response to a lot of TV shows. No, it's stupid. It's generally followed with, it's really soapy. And Lost had its soap moments for sure, which I just don't enjoy in my television. Um, I don't mind romantic love interest, but when it gets to the point where the purpose of the show is romantic love interest, I don't really have any interest in watching it. In this case, however, it was different. I said, they're all dead. And she said, no, they're not. I said, they're absolutely all dead and this is like heaven or hell or purgatory or something right i didn't i didn't nail it like perfectly perfectly and she's like there's no way they're making a show i said yeah it's the whole show is going to be revealed at the end of it that they're just dead that's going to be the point no no you have to watch it okay fine so i joined in i don't know middle of season four or something yeah right um watched all the way back up to that point and then caught up and then watched it kind of normally right. only to find out that they're fucking dead <laughs> they're just dead there's Correct. no point to watching it there's no clear redemption there's no wonderment at the end of it they don't have to explain anything because they're dead so was i disappointed uh, yes but i wasn't disappointed because i was right i was disappointed because them being dead was a cop-out hmm. right in the same way that i i I joked for a long time that Game of Thrones was going to end in the greatest way possible. The way I wanted Game of Thrones to end was because Martin keeps building a story with more and more and more characters. He's got far too many characters to begin with. Just in, in the first book, he comes up with way too many characters to begin with. And then each book, it seems like he's adding an exponential number of characters. It's just awful. By the, by the current book, I think he's like got 127 characters that he follows or some retarded thing, right? Um, the way I wanted it to end was I wanted it to get to like the sixth or seventh book, right? And then I just want a non sequitur to occur. I want um, like the, the main character to see a flashing battery icon. He lifts his goggles and goes, mom, mom, who unplugged the VR? And that's where it ends. <laughs> right just not because anything would be solved but because he created this monster that that really can't be solved in any decent fashion and and that was kind of lost for me lost kind of grew to the point where they had so many threads and so many side things and so many little pop-ups in story that they never went back to that there was no way to make it cohesive and coherent there was no way to bring all that together into some sort of smooth transition into a reality that didn't involve the island, that didn't involve all of them being dead. And I think they could have. I just think they they simply let it get away from them. And if I recall, there was a writer strike in the middle. 
or some sort of yeah there was there was short two shorter seasons yeah yeah there was some sort of disruption in the middle that i think i think messed with with kind of messed with the whole thing that and when they happened they, with prison break there was like a six six episode season god that's another one that drove me crazy and you know what drove me crazy about that is there's a fan edit of that where they took the two seasons or three seasons and edited them into two films that are glorious <laughs> They're, they're absolutely wonderful. Um, it's cohesive, it's coherent, it's quick paced, it tells a great story and it's a different ending than, than the show had, which I could never get through. I think that I lived right next to that prison or close by. Oh yeah? There's yeah. Something in your past that you one? No. no, they actually film it in a prison in Joliet, Illinois. That's true. Hmm. Yeah, that was the first yeah. prison. There was, there's several prisons in that movie. Yeah. So, so I'm glad that that was your response. In fact, that's how what I expected your response to be, which was awesome. <laughs> I do. I, in fact, do not have that perspective. Okay. Now, I do agree that the first season, relatively easy perspective to understand, right? There is a bunch of people who crash their plane into an island, and the whole season is about survivability, right? How am I going to to not re get rescued and potentially be here for a long, long time. And how am I going to go through that world? And yes, there was a little bit of mystique to it, but for the most part, it was just survivability. As seasons progressed, they added much more complexity, right? They talked about the others and then they had the whole uh, experimentation and the different, different buildings to support the experimentation. Then they did some weird you know, flash forwards and flashbacks, and they did some, some, some time engineering. Added people. They're back thirty years, and there were mm -hmm. you know complexities in magic. Uh, There's a whole bunch of rules, right? It just got awfully complex, and they're adding more people and different people. The goal, I assume, was just to sort of increase the narrative, for the most part. You know, the core, we'll call them six to eight to 10, uh, were, were relatively the same. You're seeing relationships build and relationships uh, decline and relationships change and people living and people dying. Um, and I actually truly loved the ending. Uh, I thought the ending was glorious. Now, a little nuance, because you probably don't remember the actual details of the ending. But in fact, the death actually only occurred right at the end, right? Uh, everything else actually occurred. So everything that happened on the island, they're actually living. That's something that actually occurred. Uh, it's only this, this time shift to the right, this parallel universe uh, that they were experiencing was, was the middle ground, right? It was, uh, it was how do we bring everybody together that experienced this you know, in-depth complexity uh, before they actually moved on to some sort of afterlife. So the actual death actually existed in the end. What I, and I thought the two hours was, was uh, sewing up some interesting interpersonal issues between you know, individuals, uh, both uh, as an individual themselves and, and, and coming together as different types of people, working together in partnerships, you know, some murders, some deaths or whatever. But at some point, the people-related issues actually were uh, resolved, even though there's a whole bunch of other stuff that wasn't resolved. Right, uh, there were lots of deaths that were punished, that uh, and lots of deaths that weren't punished. Uh, no idea how and why the others came to the island. 
the numbers that were so important in the first couple of seasons weren't really discussed, right? At some point, they just went away. Uh, the uh, pregnancy and the deaths of babies kind of just went away. It was never really discussed. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of rules that needed to be followed that sometimes were actually followed and sometimes were never followed. Sometimes were broken and you never know why. It was kind of a weird gamut. Some of them were just sort of moving on. And I think I just summarized by saying, I think the people related issues were resolved and that's what I liked about it, but not all issues were solved. And I think that's okay. Uh, Cause I think that's equivalent in IT that we think everything can be solved with IT, either people process or technology. And I would argue holistically and, uh, and emphatically that that's not actually true. And I'd love to go through examples of, of problems that simply can't be solved in IT, but, but ref reflect on my thoughts on Lost since they're very different than yours. I mean, it's been 12 years. It's been however many years since I, since I actually watched it. I will never go back and rewatch it. I have no interest to see if I was wrong. Um, I, I'm one of the people that, like many, felt robbed. Right. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, you know, I think that, that as a show, it's probably significantly better to watch it a decade later rather than at the time, right? When nobody cares about it anymore. It's no longer the pop culture wonderkind that it, that it was at the time. Um, as to the second part, I, I agree with your, your kind of thesis, but I don't agree with the kind of the, the, the premise, right? I agree. There are things that cannot be solved, right? But, but I disagree that the point of IT is actually to solve anything. Mm. That implies that there's an end and there's not really like, like solving something involves turning something off and never turning it back on again. Fair enough. Okay. The, the, the reality is it's an, it's an organism or it's, it's service of an organism. And in service of an organism, there is no end. There is simply the current state and the evolution of that current state. And so I don't think the point is to solve anything, but rather to make progress towards a better evolved state. True. You, you, you can define it like that if you wish, but I think the premise is still the same is that some of those evolutions or revolutions that you would describe might still not be possible too. So whether you call it an evolution or call it a problem to be solved or call it a, you know, a state of mind that has to change, it's still true that some of those can't actually be implemented for some reason. And we'll talk about that. But, but just before I do, um, I do want to say that it is absolutely fair that had I watched this in real time, while it was on, I probably wouldn't have understood what was happening. The only reason why it was much more obvious is because I could watch them back to back. I could watch five, six hours back to back and see the continuity in real time. Had there been a week or two weeks or a, or a summer between these seasons, I think <coughs> it's almost impossible. The details, there are too many details, there are too many people popping up that only were four seasons away and you don't really know what the continuity of the story or the person sure. was. But because I saw them effectively in a three-week period of time, <laughs> I could see the whole story. Uh, I, 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 don't, I can't imagine how horrible it must have been watching it, you know, 15 years ago. Isn't that it like a project manager? Say it again. Isn't that like a report from a project manager on IT? That sometimes <laughs> you don't know what the heck they're reporting back. <laughs> and it's not only if you're there that you can understand what they're coming with. Yeah, it's a good point. 
context. So, so here's some examples I think that um, are problems that might actually might not be solvable. And therefore you have to think differently about whether either, either it's a problem or an opportunity for change or a state of mind that has to change. So here's some examples, at least ones that came to mind. Uh, so things like the, your best and brightest people uh, will leave. At some point they'll leave. Your best friend, your best person, your second in command, your most uh, proficient technologist will leave at some point, right? They're not gonna stay forever. So therefore you have to think about what you're gonna do. Uh, some of your technology problems simply can't be overcome. It's quite possible that you lost a piece of source code and it's uh, not feasible or reasonable to try to recreate that software in some way. Uh, it is quite possible and it's, I've done it many, many times that will, you will in fact outspend your budget. No matter what you did or why you want, didn't want to do it, you will in fact outspend that. Uh, there will be many, many projects that are not delivered on the original timeline. In fact, I can't think of any that I've actually delivered on the original timeline. Uh, and well, I can think of many if we count what I when I told people it would be delivered and not what I communicated internally. <laughs> right, and the right. last there one that many came up, that I that I sandbagged. Last that one that came up in my head was there will be an expensive production problem, like an overwhelmingly expensive, and I don't mean the cost to fix it. I mean, uh, you've lost data and it's very expensive to have to replace that data or to re-enter that data. Or I've, I've lost information or an application or customers and I'm never getting those people back because of sure. So those are just my examples. Uh, you might have others, but you know, premise wise, do you agree with me either in those examples or other examples that in fact, there are problems or opportunities or states as you just mentioned that are insurmountable in IT, but you still have to deal with them. That's 24 months after a feature is deprecated, it will not return. That would be that would be one, right? There've been a ton of times where I've been, where, where, where my company's relied on a piece of software. The next version comes out, we update to stay current. The feature is gone. We go back to the manufacturer. Oh yeah, you know, you were one of the few that used that feature. We don't really see that feature being used. We'll, we'll add it back to the roadmap. Three months goes by, six months goes by, nine months goes by, a bunch of user chatter. Yeah, yeah, you're one of the many. Like, we, we know we need to do it. But at the 24-month mark, if they haven't re-added the feature, they're not going to re-add the feature. Right. Right, feature's gone. It's not going to be, you can't fix it that way. Um, otherwise, I would say, given enough time, everything you said is true. Right, given enough time, you will encounter an issue that costs the company a lot of money, no doubt. Everyone's going to have it. And that can simply be, you know, you're down for three hours in the midst of the production day. That's going to cost, you know, $10,000 a minute or some, you know, whatever the statistic is for your particular business. Um, given enough time, you will in fact lose, the organization will lose everyone given enough time. So right? is your job as a technology leader, CIO, CTO, to predict those things? to uh, manage them when they occur, to try to avoid them? Uh, what, like what, what do you think yes. your job is? Yes, yes, I think it's all of those things, okay. right? I think you have to acknowledge the risk that those things are going to occur. I think you have to plan to mitigate that risk in any way you can. 
And then I think you need to also plan to manage that when it manage the action when it does in fact occur, right? Um, I think having having a, a two IC, a second in command, is is the way it absolutely should work. Mm -hmm. But I think you probably should also ensure that your second in command has a second in command in the wings at all times, right? right? Um, and it kind of doesn't matter what spot in the organization you're in, um, right? I, I like. I like the kind of special forces theory, right? It's a small group, small team, small group of people. Everyone has one primary job, one secondary job, and one tertiary job. Right. Right. And you kind of need to have the same. Okay, cool. We're we got a we're we got a small agile team. This is our sequel guy. Cool. Who's his sequel guy? Right? <laughs> who's the backup for the sequel guy? And then who's the tertiary sequel guy? Right. Right? Who's the primary, you know, VMware person who's the secondary VMware person and who's the tertiary VMware person. Right. And 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 don't be dumb and try to say they're all VMware people or everyone's equal because they're not. <laughs> and that doesn't work. And you can't define a mentor mentee system, which is exceptionally valuable by saying everyone is equal. Do you go so far as to force rank or at least bucketize individuals into you know, good, bad, and different, A, Bs, and Cs. Why would you not? Do you, do you not do reviews and rate and reviews at the end of the year? Sure. sure. I probably you are in fact then ranking our people. Ranking. I wouldn't take 12 people and rank them one to 12, but I'd cool. certainly classify senior and intermediate junior. You can classify them senior and intermediate junior, and there's nothing that says you have to have an equal dispersion. Right? You can very easily have one, five, three, four point eights. Two four point sixes, seven three point nines, right. right? They don't actually have to be ranked one through twelve, right? But you do have to have some sort of method to say who's my top person in this skill, right. and therefore the mentor, and who are their most likely mentees, and how does that kind of work out, right? Um, otherwise, you're going to end up going, well, I only I have one guy that teaches everybody else how to do anything, and then the other people don't actually do anything. Right. You know what I mean? They never teach anybody. They never continue to expand that and cascade that down. Um, and you can't put that pressure all on one person and expect it to be expected to work. That's one of the reasons people walk out the door. Right. So how much of your time is, is preparing for these events to occur, however, not having a huge impact, i.e. exactly what you're saying, having a second in command or a third in command uh, so that it uh, doesn't affect the quality of IT uh, when somebody leaves. Uh, but how much of it is that as compared to preparing the organization for the eventuality of these events occurring, right? Where you, you need to go to your COO and say, there will be a point in time, I'm not saying when, because I don't know when, when there will be a production problem and it will cost time and energy and your people um, know that to be true. <laughs> do, do you ever have that conversation? Do you ever have a conversation with the CFO to say, while I haven't in the past, we may find ourselves in a position where I need another million dollars. Yeah. I've had those, all of those conversations at some point, this person that you think is so important is going to leave because that's the way this works. And we need to plan for that eventuality, right. right? At some point, we're going to have a failure of some sort, something we can't predict, right? And that failure is going to cost us time and it's going to cost us money, right? right? 
And if you don't ever want that to happen, my budget needs to go up by 100x. And my pay needs to go up by 100x. And since no one's ever said yes to those things, it's going to eventually happen. I can't guarantee those things will fix it. But if my pay goes up by 100x, I certainly won't care. Right. Right. Um, and then same thing, right? I, I don't I don't know that that I could say that I've ever had two back-to-back -back years where I was under budget or on budget, I guess would be a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. um, because that would say that the business didn't have a unexpected growth phase. Right. Right. Like whoever who's ever done that? Who's ever been able to say with absolute clarity, my business acted exactly as predicted to right. the it's so staged in a row. Never happened. Yep. Right. So, and, and there's, you know, there's, there's changes that happen throughout the year, right? The, the, we, we had a new business unit. Okay, cool. There's going to be out of budget cost for that. That's the cost of, you know, having a, a new business unit or something that wasn't supposed to fail failed, or one of the vendors got acquired that we used and, and no longer makes that thing, or, you know, some new risk showed up. SolarWinds123 was used as the global password, right? We have to replace it. We didn't plan to replace it. It was best of breed two weeks ago. We just now found out it's not best of breed, right? right. Like those sort of things happen and you just kind of have to go, well, okay, those sort of things happen. And who's to blame for these eventualities? Is this someone in the organization? Is this PMO? Is this a CIO? I mean, like no. When, I mean, a project's not delivered on time. Who's to blame for that project? Well, I think that's the wrong way to look at it, right? I mean, ultimately, if, if someone is to be blamed, then the CIO is to be blamed. Hmm. If the CIO wants to blame someone else within the organization, then it's up to them to do so. <laughs> Outside um, but, but the reality is blame is, is a silly way to look at it because life is chaotic, right? We don't live in an ordered system. And, and so we do our best to mitigate the, the risk and so the question really needs to be, is this a risk we should have mitigated? Right. If yes, then how do we avoid doing this in the future? And what does that discussion look like? Right. Uh, right. I, I kind of have the discussion kind of in four parts. And I, I, I sort of articulate it as reasons versus blame, right? So either it was a legitimate constraint, right? There was a legitimate reason why we we're further than we needed to. We encountered some technical complexity or there's something we had to buy that wasn't available. There was a legitimate constraint or uh, simply incompetence. I didn't have the skill set to implement this thing and I probably should have known beforehand and added the skill set before I did. Uh, some are outright lies, right? There's some issue <laughs> which is which, uh, which um, I didn't bring to the table when I should have, um, and that has prevented us from really succeeding. Or sometimes it's purposely slowing down the problem, where I, as the leader, said to myself, um, there's value in delivering this a month later for some other reason. Because sure. I wanted a big, big bang approach to value versus a slow burn approach to value. Sure. And, and I think there's value in kind of all of that as, a, as discussion points. Um, like some of it, I think is totally acceptable, right? I think there's reasons to delay a project. What's the cost of delaying that project? Well, I've already gone over that. Right. And it's up to, it's my job to communicate that, right? Um, lie, that's a different issue, <laughs> right. right? Or this doesn't seem like it's such a big deal. We can put it off and being wrong. That's right. a different issue. 
right? Failing to understand the, the nuance and complexity of the problem is in fact the job of, you know, understanding those things is in fact the job of, this, of the CIO and should be the job of the leadership team as a whole. And when you fail to do that, that's kind of on you, you know? Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I've had, I've, had, I've had some of those things happen because someone in the, involved in the chain lied and that's a that's a resume generating event. That's correct. In one case, I actually went to the vendor because it was a vendor employee and ensured that that person was let go. Mm -hmm. It was that big of an issue. Right. And I was like, I could deal with the I can deal with the slip of the project. What I can't deal with is the lie. Right. Of course, because right. you know it's going to occur again. If you because yeah, it's going to happen again. Exactly. Yeah, that's a person that does not accept responsibility. Uh, so to wrap this in a bow, I guess, I guess my whole point of the topic was. Uh, especially when it is lost versus IT, is that uh, one can't end a very long series by wrapping up every single problem. That's Just true. like a 20-year career in IT guarantees there'll be lots of things that occurred that uh, you are in control of or not. Lots of problems, lots of constraints, lots of production issues, lots of costs, overruns, and as much as you really think you want to solve them, not all issues can be wrapped up, uh, especially not in a bow. And that should be okay. As long as you both are uh, appreciate that it's true and you mitigate as much as you think is reasonable in the timelines and the, and the, and the costs you have to support that. Don't make the same mistakes again and learn from every single mistake. Yeah. If you do those two things, the other part doesn't actually matter. Right. Don't beat yourself up because you didn't because you didn't check every single box on time under budget as initially planned. Um, worry about checking the box that you don't repeat the same mistakes and that you learn from every single mistake. Right, Carlos. Well, this this conversation are always interesting and insightful for leaders, engineers, and everyone within the IT. So make sure that you that are listening. Subscribe, share, and communicate because remember, we want to be the leaders within the IT organizations that we can be. So my friends, we'll see you on our next episode.